Greetings and welcome to The Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it is time to bring the orange. And we're here at Accelerate with a couple of gentlemen from SHI with Mike Voss on my left. Welcome, Mike. Hello. Great to have you on the program. Russ Cantwell. Hey, how's it going? Great to have you guys here. How is the show going so far? Are you guys having a good time? Austin, great venue, right? It's right in our backyard, so we love it, that's for sure. Well, because yeah, you've, you've got the Tola region, right? Yeah, as a, I do. As a, as a principal solutions architect? That's right, absolutely. Yeah, Texas. it's nice to be here. we got a, b a big showing from SHI. Just offices, what, 20 minutes from here? Maybe yeah. less? Super close. Yeah, do you live in the nice. area as well? I don't. I'm in okay. DFW. Okay, right yeah. on. Oh, yeah, so yeah. 200 miles north. Okay, yeah. Not quite in the area. Yeah, it's kind of a flight, right? Uh, I drove, but... You drove? Yeah. I guess it's hard to drive. I like anywhere. to listen to the Pure Report on my way down. That's very well. Thank you for that plug. I accept. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. We'll keep the episodes coming. Mike, you're uh, you're out of D.C. area, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Uh, based out of the Washington D.C. area, I've been with SHI for about six years. Okay. And uh, I'm responsible, uh, kind of as an overlay architect for the Northeast region, so from the Carolinas up through New England. Okay. Yep. That's that's kind of a large region, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have teams. We have teams in every uh, what we call districts, or you know, pretty much in every NFL city, we have a team of sellers and architects. And so, uh, Russ and I, our role is to you know provide that overlay support, you know, okay. meet with our strategic customers, and and really really get into it. What's your background relative to IT? How'd you get into all this stuff? You know, I probably started. Yeah, yeah. I started playing games as a kid and I uh, learned how to yeah. net network computers together and, just and fiddling uh, around with things. Yeah, we were playing multiplayer games like Doom and we'd have uh, net parties and suddenly, suddenly I realized I was decent at this stuff. Yeah. And realized that I could I could make a career out of it. So uh, next thing I know, I um, you know, discovered uh, VMware and the cloud and all the things that touch those things. And it's it's been a fun ride. And you just like to fit the same thing? You kind of nodded it's, your head when he was going well, into that. amazing to me because, very analogous? yeah, I mean, if you were to ask me, like, where the turning point was in my life where I knew I was going to do something like this, it would have actually been associated with video games, competitive video games. I saw my friend's computers running a game faster than mine, and I didn't understand that. I was like, well, I have a computer. Why isn't it running the same? And they told me, well, my computer's better than yours. I had no idea what that meant. I was like 12 years old. So I went home and I learned everything I could, and it was that was when it was born. Like and that, that was, was the turning where point. you were popping motherboards in with oh, those yeah. super clocked I, up processors absolutely. and building your own machines. That, that was that was a turning point. I mean, it really, yeah. really was. It changed a lot of my direction of what I did, kind of uh, growing up and what I went to school for, and you know, I kind of started in the industry as a software developer. Okay. So I focused on software. I didn't have any money for hardware, so I just wanted to make the operating environment run the best I could, so I could run Counter Strike. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that was what I wanted to do. Uh, started in software development database, kind of moved over in the infrastructure. And so I've kind of had been a roundabout way of doing a bunch of different things. I'm always time. amazed at you guys that are these kind of architect roles, just the diversity of the different skill sets that you acquire and take on over time. I, th I think we think, and I'm seeing this over and over again, it's like a common theme in all these podcasts I've been doing, is that the, the, the lines are really blurring Absolutely. You know, that whole era of dedication where it's just, this is my one thing, this is all I do, it's gone away. Like, your value is in the diversity and right. the, the different skills, you know, being wide and a certain amount deep uh, is really valued right now. Yeah, and I think that's how um, myself and other engineers like Russ have excelled, is yeah. really embracing uh, going deep and going wide across many, many disciplines, because that's, that's what's required today. Yeah, and your teams yeah. must love to have you, right? We'd like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Ho hopefully more often than yeah. not. You know, Voss and I, we get called in uh, pretty often whenever there's something that someone can't figure out. So it might be a more difficult problem to solve or a technology someone doesn't know about. And it's, well, 
you know, Russ, Voss, Carrie, another one of our peers, one of them, they may know it. They may figure you know, it so out. So that, you know, yeah. we get looped into a lot of stuff like that in our roles, which continues to uh, sort of diversify and, and broaden the depth of what we see and what we do and the conversations that we have with customers. Well, and there's just so much out there. I mean, just here at Accelerate, we're talking about things around analytics and DevOps. And, you know, this morning, the second keynote was on, you know, this guy was all on Kubernetes and, right, you know, open, open source. And, uh, you know, you've got advances in Flash Array, just kind of the mainstream products. There's, there's always something out there to learn. Uh, tell me about SHI in general. They're actually one of Pure's uh, largest partners or the? We are we are Pure's number one partner in the United States. I'm going to let you say it instead of me saying <laughs> Here we it, go. Right? Yeah. Largest, largest partner in North America is, yeah. is what we are. In terms of bookings, in terms yep. of revenue, you know, sell-through and, and all yep, those kinds of absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yep. Grown a lot, you know, by uh, just not only our customer base, but customer base, but working with Pure to actually grow both of our business. We get a lot of, of net new logos and, and, you know, working with customers to kind of help them understand the value of Pure, the ones that kind of look at it and they have a traditional storage setup or infrastructure setup. And then we kind of come in and modernize a lot of the different pieces of the stack. Pure is one of the tools that we use. And so they're inserted in, in kind of the process of learning about uh, how to do something new and do something different. And we grow together. How do you express or how do you educate your you know in these overlay roles how do you educate about the benefits of pure to the people that you're supporting you know you talked about you get flown in to kind of solve these more challenging problems mm -hmm. and look there's a lot of there's a lot of vendors out there and there's a lot of lines right and vendors right. typically take on a lot and i get it that's that's fine but there's really some unique differentiation um, that Pure can provide. How do you educate around that? What are those things that that you're you're talking to you know your sales teams about when you when you kind of parachute in? You know, we we just tell the we, we tell the value prop, we tell the story. Um, you know, we, we leverage the resources that that you know through the partnership, the training, uh, the campaigns, and it's just a good cultural fit. SHI and Pure match culturally. We like to go sell together. We like to go sell in a similar manner. We like to win. And, uh, you know, we, like we embraced Pure when they were actually an emerging technology. You know, when we saw we, we saw the value of Pure before that, you know, now now Pure is a market leader. So we really took a lot of pride in educating customers on it early and often. And, and then now as, as Pure is, the you know, the far right in the quadrant, we still want to educate customers on the breakthrough you know, business outcomes that, that we're seeing. Yeah, you've kind of grown and base. blossomed along with, you know, along right. with us because that goes back five or six years, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah, I it really does. Right up on that a little bit. Yeah, that's a that's a big aspect of what we do in general is, is I like to describe to people that we are kind of a, a very disruptive bar. We will stay in the forefront of evaluating technologies. Voss and I oftentimes will evaluate different vendors and different technologies to come into our portfolio. Not all of them make it in. Yeah. And, and we, we do that in a way so that we can we can educate people on what is coming next and and kind of work with them to kind of achieve an outcome. So we really focus on, or at least that's kind of one area that I do with my team and then externally with customers is I really focus on outcomes and, and how to either drive flexibility or mobility inside of a solution and, and different business model changes that affect people. And so that's a big aspect of, of what we work to try and do is really focus on the outcome and use the right tool to achieve that. And, and Pure just happens to fit in a, a whole host of those those different things. And it, it, it often comes with y'all's integrations. Mm -hmm. So the, the integrations that Pure does with other manufacturers, VMware, Kubernetes, Service Orchestrator, things like that, really opens up the conversation that we can have as really an enabler. And that's what we look for. We look for enablers to, to make it to an outcome. Yeah, and I think you just look around the, the, you know, the room here and look at the quantity of different alliance partners. Like that whole ecosystem is expanding. And when you've got 
more connections among technologies, it makes it easier for you guys to craft that solution, 100%. which I love your approach, right? I mean, the, the, the end result should be the business outcome, not some kind of speed or feed type of thing. It's really, you know, it's really what are, what are you trying to achieve? What's the big challenge? What's the big problem? Um, and I think one of the things we want to talk about is, is in around, you know, sort of as a service and cloud and DevOps kinds of things seems to be really hot. Yep. Um, but an area I know you guys are, are you know, in, in along the lines of the theme of uh, always learning new things. These are probably new areas that kind of expand your horizons a little bit. Right. Things that you, you have to go learn about. Yes. We, we in IT have to constantly reinvent ourselves. And, <laughs> and you, you heard that on the stage today yeah, we, with the true. guest speaker. It's true talking about Kubernetes, and I, and I felt like he was kind of nudging the, the, the audience to, to, to stretch outside of their, their comfort zones a yeah, little bit. Yeah, he was. And uh, so that's, yeah. It was more of a nudge. I mean, it felt more like a, if you don't, you know, and again, there's a subset of people that he said are never going to, you know, the, the, the folks that are maybe well along with their careers. And sure. it's like, I don't, you know, old dog, new tricks, no thanks. But outside of that, if you don't, I think you got left behind. I mean, it's here. Yeah. Right. And there's, it's like the internet. The internet started... No one owns it, and it just kept growing. Right. It's going to continue to grow. All these different technologies that are enablers to be able to do something different or to do it faster, they're going to grow regardless if you think they should or not. And so you can either come along for the ride or not. And so I think I think Kubernetes is a huge aspect of that. Voss actually likes to make fun of me for how much I like to do it. My daughter has a Kubernetes onesie. I mean, this is... So I'm you're a, way I'm, into it. I'm in Kubernetes and VVols. Those okay. are two things that, without asking me, I will bring up to you for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And do you bring those up with customers? Like I, in what context? All the time. All the time? All the time. In fact, my conversation around new storage architectures might start with VVols before it goes to any manufacturer that supports it. It just happens to be that Pure has a phenomenal architecture around VVols. And I, I do this from the, the management of storage in general. Like okay. the, I have this concept of consuming storage or consuming infrastructure as opposed to building and managing it. That's sort of the idea of what I want to be able to do. If you look at virtual volumes and you manage via policy-based management on a per VM basis, not only does it give you a better paradigm of what you can do with your storage, but you don't functionally have to manage the array. Yeah, That's incredible. What you guys are going to do across spanning multiple products and creating policies to deploy on the right storage class, guess what that reminds me of? Creating a storage class inside of Kubernetes to just deploy exactly where it is and consume it as needed per an application definition. That's the type of stuff that I like to see enabled because here's the reality of what these technologies enable. It's speed to market, speed to delivery, and companies are using them to enable mobility and agility in a way that sort of disrupts their own business. And if they don't do that to themselves, some kid in a garage somewhere is going to do it with an app on his phone. Oh, heck yeah. And, and so you kind of have yeah. to ask yourself that question. And I ask customers this all the time. I ask myself this every single day, try and figure out another way that you can disrupt your own business. Right. And just even it could be the most outlandish idea explore it and then move on to the next thing continue with your day but someone else is trying to do it so you have to ask yourself the question these are technologies that that enable that ability to be able to to deliver on that yeah, and that's, that's too, why i love yeah, it if you're getting too comfortable then you're probably not doing enough you're Absolutely. not innovating enough yeah. yeah you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable yeah yeah it seems like with a lot of these technological conversations though that we're actually abstracting storage from storage Right. The, you know, it, 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 we, I have a line on my team where we help people take storage for granted. Right. Yeah. And we're talking about business applications, my day job when I'm not hosting podcasts. Um, we help people take storage for granted, meaning, you know, all those things that you've had to worry about for years and years and years and years no longer really matter so that you can go and architect some of these self-service environments and some of these cool Absolutely. things that just make it easier to run. You hit that in your world, Voss? 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I wanted to touch on cloud too as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, just as a topic area. So what SHI does, you know, you, you asked about what we do around cloud. So you know, we help. We you know, to us is uh, you know, t- tag on to that. We help customers consume IT, whether it's capital expenditures or more operating OpEx expenditures, right? So um, we do. We are um, you know, just as we're Pure's top partner in North America, we're also top partners with the public cloud providers, the, right. the, the leading the leading uh, ones, and we provide. Um, you know, migration services, and but we also do a lot of um, a lot around managed services. So actually, day to day care and feeding, and and patching and maintenance of the customer's cloud environment and everything they have there, and then optimization and governance. So there's a so so we've you know, SHI, and I'm and I really I'm proud of this how we've we've shifted with our customers, and and we're we're, we're working along them to make sure they can consume IT in in a way that they want, in a way that makes sense for their business. At what point do these customers who are choosing to use your managed services decide that's the right way for them to go? Like, do they get tired of just dealing with the mundane and the day-to-day and and just kind of go, look, here's somebody who knows how to do it. This is what I want. Go do it for me. We we have the people, we have the processes, and we have the methodologies that that work. And, you know, when when you work with so many different customers, you establish what good looks like. Yeah. And, and a lot of customers want that. They want that expertise. They don't. They they want to do it right the first time. They don't want to have to fall down and, and learn. You know, they, they they can't afford that. So yeah. And but complexity now is it's greater than it's ever been. Totally. Right. And and having having the cross functional engineer. So we really, my conversations are around that journey because everyone's on a on a hybrid cloud journey. You know, just as Pure here at the show is talking about hybrid and talking about cloud block store and be able to move workloads from on prem and, and into the cloud and back and have that mobility of data, customers are looking for that choice and they're looking, you know, they're looking for expertise to help guide them uh, you know, as they go to cloud native. What, what goes cloud native? What doesn't go cloud native? Uh, they need a partner like SHI to help. help and they yeah. need smart guys like you that. too, right? Well, to and and I'll, I'll that, add right? to that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting to see that it's, like most things, it's not full sale. We don't, it's not usually everything done at one time. And what I mean by that is, is I, I'm working on a project right now for a customer who we are, we largely do a lot of software stuff for them. We have a history in that. We do that very well. And we have been embarking on some AWS adventures with them recently. I'm calling them adventures, <laughs> adventures because yes. that's exactly what they are. They have a very large AWS footprint as it stands today, but they really wanted to engage us because whenever you give the freedom and flexibility that a public cloud does, it is very, very easy to create sprawl. And it is difficult for the team that is a finite number of members to manage all of the different projects coming in. So I've seen us get brought in just to manage as one specific project. So it might be coming in to help architect and build and then deploy and then walk away or to fully manage that instance of it specifically for a BU. In this particular instance, there is one BU that is needing assistance and is outside of the scope of what the ops team can actually manage for them. They're bringing us in to do it. So that's one aspect of what we do. It. The other one is, is a lot of the decision making we do. I, I mostly so Mike is on the he works primarily in the public cloud space. Yeah, it's kind of where he spends a lot of his time. I primarily spend a lot of my time kind of in the old school in the data center. You know, I'm one of those old school guys that still loves it there. I we bridge that gap. Okay, and so we have ways to whenever we take someone through a decision making paradigm for architecture, we do so in a way that enables them the flexibility to make investments both on-prem and inside of the public cloud, but also to consume them because we saw that there was a problem. Let's use, let's use Pure as an, as an sure. example. Yeah. Say they bought a flash X and they wanted to use cloud snap. 
but they don't know how to get cloud snap up, snap up and running or connected to S3, we have a service that enables that. Perfect. So an ability for us to get them up and running on that. The same will happen with Cloud Block Store. Of course. I promise you. I just went through the deep dive on it. I saw the deployment guidelines. I can already think of Sam High right now is going to be going in there and deploying this for customers in the appropriate manner so they can set up whatever their data mobility needs are that they need to. Those are the types of things that we do is, yes, we will sell the product, but then we will ensure the consumption of that product is being done to the point of the outcome we defined at the beginning of the project. So it's trying to not just use the technology as an enabler, but bring our people in to make sure we can enable you to use the technology. I, your comment about Sprawl is interesting, right? Because I've yeah. not ever heard anyone describe uh, Sprawl outside of a traditional data center right. context. Um, I'm going to steal that. Sure. And I'm going to use it and borrow it. Sprawl but, and silos but, are very real inside of, of a public cloud. Sprawl into a cloud type of methodology. That's really interesting. Yeah, I actually had this theme. I wrote a blog post on it. I think it was like last year, the year before that I believe... Uh, since everyone wants to be a cloud now, whether you're a public cloud or you're a private cloud, on-prem, whatever, I define clouds as the new silos. Yeah. I really do. Um, and so how do we make it to where we can bridge and make those silos a little bit more seamless? I believe Kubernetes will help us in that, Mike Voss. You seem to be a big uh, fan. So well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good one. It's, it's, it will not solve all it the problems. Right. And I do not believe that Kubernetes is actually the ultimate aspect of it. I, I told Voss this the other day that Kubernetes in and of itself doesn't really matter. It's a platform to build other platforms. We're seeing that from VMware. We're going to see integrations with VMware and Pure along that with virtual volumes that are going to be very important. That platform, which is consumable, will be very, very important in the future. And that's, that's the key, is what comes, what gets built on top of Kubernetes in order to make it consumable so that people can take advantage of it. It's not necessarily in your best interest to be learning and becoming the best Kubernetes expert in the world. It's going to be, how do I enable my organization to get from this known good state to the next known good state the fastest? And a consumable platform that you don't have to manage every single day will be key in that. Kubernetes is just the plumbing underneath that's going to enable all of it. Do you think that plumbing is going to enable a true multi-cloud type of environment eventually? Yeah, but, We're going to be I, able to get there with it? Potentially. Right? I mean, I, yeah, I think that's what the industry is striving for. I think that's what customers are asking for. Yeah. So you might not hear that the public cloud providers driving it that way, right? Because it's the only cloud is my, my well, they're cloud. driving a revenue stream, right? right? But, but, but multi-cloud is what people really want. That is what people right? want. Is that flexibility. And they want that they want the cost controls to say, okay, if I put it here, what's it gonna cost? If I put it back here, what's it gonna cost? And you know, I think Russ all you know brings up a key point is that each cloud is similar but different. Yeah. Right. You have different VM formats. You have different words that things that do things slightly differently. Yeah. They're, they're kind of the same, but, you know, they're not like for like. And people want that that seamless ubiquity. And that's why the VMware Cloud and AWS is, is popular for some folks. Mm -hmm. Cloud Block Store, ubiquitous movement of your data from one place to the other with no change. Yeah. Because it's the change that customers are, are learning about right now. Right. They're saying, hey, right. I want to do Kubernetes. I want to do cloud native. What is this change going to entail? How much effort in dollars is this going is this going to mean? And, and we're helping all the, a lot of customers guide through that. And I think they're finding that it's, it's significant. The, the re-architecture, the, re the rewriting of applications is a significant endeavor. Yep. So let's, let's plan accordingly. Well, and I think the, the, the costs are not as they've always been advertised as well, right? And they're not they're even not. hidden costs. You just don't realize until you get two feet right. in yeah. that yeah. it's, it, you know, that cost savings that that article in that magazine yeah. talked about is not really that true. And, and, you know, honestly, I think most, that conversation was incredibly prevalent 10 years ago. Totally. Um, I think most people understand that now. You know, I, I'll, actually, I'll set a baseline uh, when I walk into a conversation of sometimes we do have conversations that's like, we're going to move every single thing to AWS. And we're comfortable with that. Like, we will help people do that. We have customers who've done it. 
Uh, but we also sort of set a baseline of if you're doing this because you believe it's going to be a lower cost, I need to tell you now it's not going to be and we mm -hmm. may need to reevaluate what we're going to do. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, the room gets it. It's the 10th time that we have to that meeting turns into a very, very you different have to do conversation. More education. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so it's it's that conversation does still happen, but most people understand the differences between above the line costs versus below the line costs and how that affects, you know, the, the business as a whole. And that's we get through those kind of early on in the process to make sure that there aren't any surprises that are gonna happen There's at no the very gotchas end. That come out. Yeah. Because right. then it becomes it becomes problematic for everyone involved. Because yeah. then that surprise is never good. No one wants the surprises. No, no yeah. not at all. What um what do you like about partnering with Pure? Out of left field question, just I like for the fun. People. You guys, you, you like the people? You guys are fun. You wear that's cool. You wear bright orange colors. Yeah, and, we do. Uh, yeah, and it's fun to sell the product. It's great. Customers like customers like it. I mean, uh, I like working with you guys, and I like telling the story. And I like telling about the emotional reaction I get from happy customers. I think that has a lot. It resonates with with prospects as well. Yeah, it was yeah. fun during the the Flash Racy keynote announcement to yeah. see all the you know the collage of pictures of all the customers with thumbs oh, yeah. up in front of like bright orange arrays. It's yeah, very man. validating. Yeah. Like, They're ready for that. Like yeah. the, the, the first pure array I ever sold, the customer had an, a very emotional response. I mean, he was super happy with, you know, like and emotionally who, and who happy. And who sold that for your first flash array? <laughs> I think it was who, you guys. It was us. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, um, but, but the customer, you know, the customer said he slept better at night. He was happy. He, he, he said, he said, Mike, it changed my life. Yeah. Personal value. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big, what yeah. about you? Right. It's so, an easy one, man. It's an easy I, I one. I tell people this all the time. Uh, it's, I, I'm an architecture nerd and I love the architecture and I could talk about it for days. I do talk about it for days. I will tell you right now, the primary reason I love partnering with Pure is I feel the most confident that my customer will be taken care of after more so than any other vendor I work with. And I do work with a lot of them and there sure. are a lot of great products out there. I cannot express to you the comfort I feel after a sale has been made that my customer is going to have a good experience. Right. That is period. That is the answer every time. And this is something I tell every one of my customers when they ask me the same question, why do you sound so bullish on pure? This is why. And that's that has not changed. It's been that way for, you know, over three years now that I've been working with Pure. And it's, you know, it's it's not even about the product being perfect. It's about, and I think you said the people, like the people take care of them. But I mean, the company, the yeah. company the takes and the care reliability, and not of the reliability their customers. of the product, but the, you know, the, just the peace of yeah. mind. And the, the NPS is real. Of. All of that yeah. stuff that you hear and yeah. the, the customer's question, well, is this real? It is. And that's, yeah. that makes, that helps. That's my SEV one. When a customer has an issue with the product, that's my version of a SEV one. That's my 2 a.m. outage. I have less of those with Pure, so it makes my job easier. It's awesome. Thanks for that validation. Thanks for uh, the recommendation, right? Getting that yeah. out publicly, and hopefully it makes your guys' jobs easier when you need to recommend technology as well. Absolutely. Right? It's a good thing. Anything you guys want to plug? Blogs? You do any blogging? I know you guys are probably, what, SHI.com, right? So We do have an SHI.com blog. Yeah, we, yes, we do. Um, and, and that's... I have a couple of blogs on there. Okay. I'm, I'm not as big of a, of a blogger as, as Russ here. I'm sure he could, he could tell you a little uh, about some other ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have my own. I don't, I don't keep it up to date very often. Uh, I'm just so busy, obviously, working all the time. I have a nine-month-old daughter as well. So oh, that'll keep you busy. Yeah, which is yeah. great. She's great. But uh, rackscale.com, R-A-C, scale.com. Okay, cool. And so I have that one. Uh, it's going to be updated because I've promised some blogs from this event specifically. So cool. it actually probably be my first post in 2019 since my daughter was born. 
will be coming out of Accelerate. So that'll be kind of exciting to get those those up to date. Get it up out before running. she starts walking, all right? Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Then it hearing. gets really busy. She's, she's getting real close. Yeah, so. yeah. My daughter's 10, so I, I have yeah. no time. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, mine's 12. <laughs> so we're yeah. just, you know, so. it's, he just disappears onto his phone for hours and hours and yeah. watches YouTube and does TikTok. Absolutely. That's kind if, of about it. If you want to see interactions with me, Twitter's the best place to okay. do it. Um, Twitter it's, handle? Yeah, it's it? at R Cantwell. The E okay. is a three. So you'll see it's VMware Pure. Sometimes you'll get Texas Tech basketball and football in there. Sorry about that's it. That's all right. That's, that's fair. A problem. That's fair. I'm a dookie, so I, I tend yeah. to do lots of duke stuff out yeah, there, too. There you, you know? go. Yep. I appreciate yep. that. Zion, yep. he's great. He's good. He's good. Yeah. yeah. We're all going to enjoy him this year in the NBA. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. All right, cool. Hey, gents, thanks. Really fun conversation. I love Thank that you. we kind of kept it at a at a great level, just around the kind of things that you guys are thinking about. And uh, great to have SHI as a partner. We appreciate all you do on our behalf. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks, Absolutely. it was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. All right, and uh, with that, I'll thank everybody for listening and for subscribing. Please do tell a t uh, colleague and we'll keep rolling these out. And for Pure Storage, for Mike Voss, Russ Cantwell, this is Rob Ludeman saying don't look back, something might be gaining on you. <laughs>